Over the years, many people have asked me the question, is my friend or my family member in heaven? And then upon reflecting on that question, sometimes people ask, what will happen to me when I die? We live in a world where everyone hopes in some form of an afterlife. Many different religions teach and communicate that they do believe in an afterlife. Christianity is a religion that does talk about life after death. But that life after death is very specific to what the Bible teaches about what happens to us as people after we die. And this is really important because we all die at some point in time. Well, what are people like who are actually in heaven? As Jesus has been teaching his disciples uh, about the kingdom of heaven and, and helping them understand what is in heaven, he uses all of these different parables. And a parable is a metaphor. It's an illustration to illustrate some principles about what heaven is really like. And he does that with his disciples again, where we find this little metaphor that Jesus uses in Matthew chapter 22, verses 1 to 14. Jesus, in this context, has been teaching the crowds. So he's just kind of out and about traveling through the city, and there's a crowd of people that have gathered around him. And it was very common in the days of Jesus for people to gather crowds and then begin to teach them or say things to the crowd. Today we have social media, today we have newspapers, today we have the TV where people gather around individually in their homes, but it's sort of still the same thing. So as Jesus had this crowd around him, he began to teach them this parable. And it says, and again, Jesus spoke to them in parables saying, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son and sent his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast. But they would not come. Again, he sent other servants saying, tell those who are invited, see, I prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. But they paid no attention and went off one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his servants, treated them shamefully, and killed them. The king was angry, and he sent his troops and destroyed those murderers and burned up their city. Then he said to his servants, the wedding is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go, therefore, into the main roads and invite whomever you find. And those servants went out into the roads and gathered all whom they found, both the good and the bad. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to look at the guests, he saw there a man who did not have a wedding garment. And he said to him, friend, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, bind him hand and foot and cast him into outer darkness. 
in that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. Chosen. Here, again, there's this parable, this parallel in the time of Jesus of a wedding feast that he uses to illustrate what the kingdom of heaven is like and what it can, can be compared to. You see, as we look at this parable, it's very obvious that the wedding feast represents this time of gathering and so many other places in scripture tell us that God has prepared this banqueting table, this wedding feast for those that are his. So we see this picture of this wedding feast really describing what is going to take place in heaven. And the story tells us that there's this king who has a son and then there's all these wedding guests. And these wedding guests represent you and I here on this earth. And being invited to the wedding feast is the first word that actually describes people in heaven. And that's that they're invited. A number of times, verses 3 and 4 and 9, we see this phrase come up and over again. It says, call those who are invited or tell those who are invited, in, invite anyone that you find. We see the servants of this king going out and gathering all of those people because they've been invited by the king. We also see that some of them wouldn't come. Some who were invited paid no attention. Others had other interests. And some went so far as to kill those who gave the invitation. But here's the thing. Everyone that ended up at the wedding feast had been invited. Even those that chose not to be present at the wedding feast had still been given an invitation. Meaning that the invitation to heaven is for everyone. God has communicated through a number of ways that heaven exists. Heaven is available to all. Maybe you don't think you have been invited, but pay close attention to what I'm about to say. You see, God wants you to be in heaven with him. God says numerous times, come be with me, come enjoy me. If you're tired, come to me and I will give you rest. If you're weak, come to me and I will give you strength. If you're hungry or thirsty, come and I will satisfy that hunger or thirst. If your life is difficult, God can give you peace. If you're hurting, God can give healing. You see, God has invited the whole world, all of humanity, all of history to this place called heaven. I think it's important to be in heaven. So what are you going to do with the invitation to come to heaven? 
You see, we're struck here with this invitation. Like, who would not want to go to a wedding feast? The least of all, it's free food. But usually when you get invited to a wedding, you know people at the wedding. But here we see in this illustration that there were a number of people that just said, you know what, I am not going to that. I don't want to even hear that I have an invitation to this place of this wedding feast. Others are saying, you know what, I'm so busy doing so many other things because I've got interests in my home, in my life that make it so that I don't want to come. You see, we can come up with all kinds of excuses to not follow up on the invitation. But let me tell you for sure that every single person that has been in heaven has responded to the invitation to come to heaven. Now, it is very clear from the parable that there will be all kinds of people who did not respond to the invitation. May that not be you. You see, people who are actually in heaven have been invited into heaven and responded to that invitation. Another thing we see about this parable that's a word that just describes people who are in heaven, and that is ready. Verse 10, as we read through this description of what happens at this wedding feast, it says, And those servants went out into the roads and gathered all whom they found, both bad and good. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to look at the guest, he saw there a man who had no wedding garment. We all know that a wedding requires a certain dress code. The bride and the groom are usually dressed special and the guests wanting to show some respect for the couple have also dressed up. But here in the story, Jesus is telling his disciples, the king of the wedding comes in and sees a man who is not dressed for the wedding. This turns out to be a problem. Now notice, it's not whether they're bad or good. And it says to us that these servants went out and gathered all whom they found, both bad and good. But it was the one that didn't have a wedding garment on that got centered out. To the king. And it was a problem for the king. This person who had come to the wedding is not dressed according to the code of the wedding. He's not ready. Meaning the person who has responded to the invitation but not gotten ready when they were invited was in trouble. You see, when we are invited to heaven, we need to get ready to go to heaven. You see, this man, as it says, had no wedding garment. He had no suit on. 
This was to represent that he had nothing covering him, meaning he was totally exposed. Just like it would be inappropriate to go naked to a wedding, it was wrong for the man to have no wedding garment. The illustration is to show that for you and I to be in heaven, we need a covering. We need something to cover our brokenness. We need something to cover our sin. And that can only happen through Jesus. To be ready for heaven means to have Jesus covering your sin. That is something we do before the wedding, before heaven. How we actually do that is that we accept Jesus' death on the cross for our sin. Jesus died on the cross so that we would not have to die. So that we could respond to this invitation of heaven to accept this message of getting ready to go to heaven through Jesus and then not be kicked out when it's revealed that we're not wearing a wedding garment and our brokenness, our nakedness, our sinfulness is exposed to the king. You see, what's happening here is we're seeing this picture of the king, Jesus, who is telling us that when our sin is exposed before God, it actually makes God angry. This is a problem. And maybe we've heard the invitation to heaven. Maybe we really want to respond to the invitation and maybe we have responded and we're trying and we believe Sometimes we write ourselves off and we say, well, you know what? I'm not good enough. God could never meet me because of the bad things I've done. But that's not what the parable says. The parable actually says that all you need is this wedding garment. And it's a metaphor to illustrate, illustrate Jesus in that Jesus died in his life covers our life. Well, the other thing about people who are in heaven, not only are they invited and ready, but they are actually approved. In verse 12, as we continue reading through this parable, this king, as he's inspecting the guest, he says to the one that does not have the garment, he says, friend, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. And he said to him, he said to the attendants, bind him hand and foot and cast him into outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This man who did not have the wedding garment on was kicked out of the wedding. He was not approved to be there. But the rest of the guests were you see, all the other guests had responded to the invitation. They had gotten ready. They had prepared. They were dressed. And they were approved to be at the king's wedding. I want you to notice that it's not their own approval. 
It wasn't like the guests said, well, you know what? I'm ready. I'm invited. I'm approved to be here based on my own approval. They weren't sitting there going that they were approved to be at the wedding. You see, we need to realize that it's actually the king of heaven, the judge of heaven, the father of heaven. God himself is the one who approves or disapproves of who gets to be in heaven. We can't say, well, I think I'm ready for heaven. It's actually not a personal assessment, my own assessment of whether I'm worthy or whether I'm approved to be in heaven. It's actually the king's assessment. People in heaven get to be in heaven because the king has approved them to be there. It's not your neighbor. It's not some church. It's not yourself. It's actually God who approves you to be in heaven. Now, why did they get approved? Well, it's quite clear because they had the right covering. You see, it's the king's wedding for his son and the king makes the rules. Every person who is in heaven has been invited, got ready, and they were approved to be there. If you want to know if you'll be in heaven, you just need to know if those things, those three words represent you now. To know for sure that someone who's deceased is in heaven, they need the same three words about them. That they've been invited and responded, that they got ready, and that they were approved by God because they had the right covering on for sin. As Jesus is telling this parable, he sort of wraps up the parable with these final words. And these words are so strong. They are so serious. They are so needful for us to understand. Jesus sums up this parable by saying, For many are called, but few are chosen. This is so sobering to really think about this that we could be invited to the wedding and not respond. To be invited to the wedding and even respond at some level, but not really fully understand our readiness to be approved by God. It should be every one of our prayers, no matter where you are on your faith journey, that Jesus would make us fit for heaven. The good news is that God, through Jesus, does make us fit for heaven. In order for us to be fit for heaven, it just comes down to putting your faith and your personal trust in Jesus. Jesus, historically, was a real man. He was the God-man who rose from the dead. 
And many people attestified to this very fact that Jesus is the Son of God. All of our Western world has grown out of this belief that Jesus is God. May we never forget that the things that we enjoy in this world are because God created this world with the hope of you and I being in a relationship with him. Let me pray for you. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this day. We thank you that so clearly you can tell us, one who has come from heaven, what it means to be in heaven for eternity. Lord, I pray today that all of us would respond to the invitation to come to heaven. And Lord, that we would take on the covering of Jesus to be in heaven. So that when we are in heaven, when the king comes to inspect those gathered in heaven, that we would be approved. God, we thank you for telling this ahead of time and telling all of this to us before we die, before it's too late. Lord, I pray that each of us would grab on to these things and have these three words describe us when we get to this place called heaven. And we pray all of this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.